Happy Valentine's Day. It's Thursday, February 14th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio, Jim Mueller. Thanks for being here. Hey, Chris. Thanks, thanks for, for having me. Thanks for being my podcast Valentine. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> um, we're going to dip into the full mailbag. Uh, Apple is getting serious about video streaming. We're going to dig into that. Also, uh, a survey. We'll get to the survey. Um, we got to start that with Big Red. Uh, shares of Coca-Cola are having their worst day in over a decade. Fourth quarter results for Coke were about what Wall Street was expecting. The guidance for 2019 was not, and shares are down eight percent. And that look, we've talked about plenty of other companies that have had worse drops in a single day. This is Coca-Cola. This is sort of the the steady blue chip. Eight percent is a I was about to say huge. It's not huge. It is a big drop for, for this a, stuff for a company that size. Definitely, yeah. So um, I'm going to let the guidance alone. Uh, it, it is what it is, and it's just basically whether what management says agrees with what Wall Street is expecting, and Wall Street is basically guessing what it's going to come. Even though many companies uh, do try to massage what those expectations are. Uh, but uh, just some of the numbers here on an organic basis, that is taking out the effects of foreign currency translations and a bunch of the refranchising they've been doing with their uh, uh, bottlers. Uh, they revenue grew about five percent, uh, a little bit on volume, one percent, and quite a bit, four percent on a price, a price increases. So, as far as pricing power goes, Coke still has it. So they do still have it, and you know, we talk from time to time about companies that, when they are um, going over their earnings, sometimes, sometimes they're trying to massage the numbers in such a way where you where you're sort of like, oh come on, that's that's not really a big deal. In the case of you know the the foreign currency, lest anyone thinks otherwise, because Coca Cola is as quintessential oh. and you know an American brand as there is, most of their money is oh, coming yeah. from outside the U.S. So that's that's a material thing for them, right? Yeah, and. Um I like to see. I like. I like that their operating income was up seven percent. X currency cash flow from operations came in at seven point three billion dollars for the full year. Six billion dollars in free cash flow. Both of those up substantially over the previous year. So, from the, just the numbers, it looks like it's doing pretty good. Um, they're growing. They're they're gaining market share. Uh, their soft drinks gained two percent, driven a lot by their zero sugar product, Coke uh, Zero Sugar. Uh, the only one, the only category that was down was the juice, dairy, and plant uh, stuff, down a point, uh, percentage point. But water, enhanced water, sports drinks up three percent, tea and coffee up a, a percentage point. So all those are are good numbers for Coke. Uh, they've been buying things. They just invested fifteen million dollars into uh, what is it called? Um, oh, dirty lemon beverages. Um, <laughs> Never heard of it, but I like the name. It's it. They have interesting products. Uh, more about fitness and beauty drinks. I mean, for instance, uh, they have a product called Collagen, and it's a drink that has collagen in it, and it's meant to be a skin moisturizer, skin revitalizer kind of kind of drink. And so they, Coca Cola said, "Okay, we'll take a leap on you." And <laughs> so, uh, they and they bought a uh, just last month. They bought a Nigerian juice company that had been founded in 1980 for an undisclosed amount called. Chai or Chi C H I Limited, and so yeah, they're they're still expanding, and that's this is a part of a big trend in big drink. I mean, PepsiCo bought SodaStream last year, right, to get uh, to get more of their uh, sparkling water uh, stuff, and so 
in I saw I saw an interesting stat this morning on from S and P Global Market Intelligence. Uh, they showed the number of uh, uh, mergers and and purchases of assets over the years. And back in two thousand nine, there were about sixty five for the for the entire year. Last year, there were one hundred and thirty plus of these things. And so, you get a brand going, you get um, you get some sales and Coke or Pepsi or uh, Dr Pepper. Whatever it's called nowadays, uh, <laughs> Dr Pepper Snapple is it still that? I don't know. It used to be, and I think they add, didn't they add another. They added know? another one. Yeah. Anyway, uh, all the all the big guys are still just like big beer, uh, going after the small ones, trying to uh, do a lot of their growth. So you way. think back to last summer, Coke had the, a bigger acquisition with Costa Coffee, which right. is about five billion. About that, yeah. And it's you know it, it's it's almost as though. And I don't want to just put this on Wall Street analysts because I don't own shares of Coca-Cola any longer, but I did for a good stretch of time. And it's almost as though shareholders are saying, "Okay, this is good, but we need to start seeing results. Like if if they're going to get material returns out of coffee sales in the UK and Europe, and that's that's great. But it's almost like we we need that sooner rather than later." And It'll it'll come when it comes. I mean, consumer tastes are are changing. There, um, many people, at least here in the states, are going more for the energy drinks and the healthy drinks, and and so Coke Coke has gotten away from the sugar. Um, so they're getting double digit growth in their uh, uh, Coke Zero. Uh, so that that's good for them. Do you think but, at any point they need to consider going the route of Pepsi, where Pepsi owns Frito Lay? You mean snacks? Yeah. Uh, or is that ship sailed? Have they just decided I, on an institutional level? You know what? We had that chance a long time ago. We decided not to do it, and for a long time it was working for Coca Cola. Right. But over the last five years, you'd rather be owning shares of Pepsi than Coke. I'd uh, as far as Coke goes, I'd rather that they stick to their knitting rather than getting into something uh, like any sort of packaged foods. I mean, Pepsi has a lock on salty snacks, and. Uh, Where's Coke going to go with that? Sweet snacks? I mean, everyone's going away from sweet. Uh, packaged goods? Uh, that's having issues, uh, problems of its own. So, yeah. Let's move on to Apple, which is getting ready to launch a new video streaming service. This is expected in late April, early May. It's going to have free original content for people who own Apple devices, and apparently they're going to have a subscription platform for existing digital services that are not named Netflix or HBO. <laughs> right, um, and Hulu's still out of it too. So uh, yeah, so this is Apple's way of trying to become a bundled cable provider without being a cable provider. Uh, and so they want to be a one-stop app for subscribing to your news, to uh, your entertainment, uh, and all music. Of this music, uh, whether they offer that on or not. Um, and they're uh, sweetening the deal with some original content you get uh, just just for having a, uh, an iOS device. So I mean, yeah, the the, the wall, the writing's on the wall as far as cable bundles go, and those are slowly disappearing. And so Apple and Amazon too, through their Prime Videos uh, channels, uh, are offering these different apps. And the incentive for the over-the-top uh, streamer like uh, Hulu or Netflix or or whoever, CBS, Viacom, uh, and uh, Lionsgate's uh, stars. Uh, 
uh, have signed uh, reportedly signed on with Apple, is that Apple gets a cut of the revenue. Uh, they seem to be holding out for thirty percent, which is pretty hefty. That's uh, what they have in the App Store, right? For for the apps, I think that's right. But I, uh, for instance, I subscribe to uh, HBO Now through my Apple TV, and uh, HBO Now uh, only has to pay Apple fifteen percent. So Apple is trying to get even more out of this deal, and and their news service that they're supposed to launch. Uh, the report is that they're having a fifty fifty revenue share. Plus, they get the data of the viewing uh, habits of these people, and so uh, rather than having to exit your Netflix uh, uh, app to open up a Hulu app or a, a CBS News app or a CBS app or whatever it is, they just want to have you just be able to click through channels like you did on your old cable box. Um, this is part of Apple's uh, move toward getting more uh, service uh, revenue. Uh, it was about uh, where was it? Uh, yeah, it was about thirteen percent uh, service revenue in, in the first quarter, uh, which was just reported recently, uh, and that's up from ten percent the year before. So. Um, and their product sales, the number of iPhones they're selling has been is slowly going down, as it's good enough, right? Uh, so, yeah, and so this is where they're where they seem to be heading, and we'll just have to see how it works out. Part of me wants to just skip ahead to the fall because typically <laughs> Apple has an event in the fall where they unveil the latest version of their devices, that sort of thing, um, and presumably. At that point, if this goes well, if this launch goes well, presumably at that point, that becomes part of the selling proposition, doesn't yeah. it? Because yeah. they're looking to get more people into devices. They're looking to get people to upgrade more. Yep. Um, they've they've done a, a an admirable job of getting people into Apple Music. I think they're somewhere yep. in the neighborhood of fifty five million, sixty somewhere between fifty five million, sixty million subscribers. So. Um, if they can, if they can pull this off, um, then presumably it moves the needle to some degree on the devices. But maybe. But boy, I think if they could go back in time, they would rethink the battery replacement program <laughs> because that that just continues. To, I continue to wait for, and maybe this will never come. But I really want to know the behind the scenes uh, story. Of how that all played out, the the estimates that we'll only need to replace one million batteries, right. and it ends up being eleven million right, batteries, yeah. and the massive ripple effect in sales. Yeah, that that had a big issue, and it certainly affected sales of the of the iPhone ten X, whatever they call it, the iPhone ten. Um, but if you go back in history, uh, Apple Apple's modern growth started off with the iPod. The little thing, the music player, and so they had launched their music store to get people to buy the iPod, and so you could very well be right. This could be another way to get people to buy the devices. If you're Netflix, you're not worried about this right now, are you? Probably. You're keeping an eye on it, but you're not worried about this. Yeah, they're. Apple has some uh, original content, uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. They uh, reports is they spent about a billion dollars last year on that, and they've uh, signed up Oprah uh, Winfrey uh, among others uh, to help produce that content. Um, it might be interesting to watch and just add it as another subscription, but uh, 
if I'm Netflix, I'm yeah, I'm probably not too worried about it. And I mentioned at the top that HBO is not involved in this. I should no. have added the word yet. And yeah. it will be interesting to see come late April, early May when they announce this, if in fact they have struck a deal with HBO. Right. Well, HBO has the deal already through the ITV of fifteen percent, and so they might be dragging their uh, uh, dragging their feet about doubling that and losing an, another fifteen percent of the. If revenue. you're HBO, you're like, no, we'll stick with the deal we got. We'll yeah. see, we'll go with fifteen percent. Yeah, but uh, uh, Showtime is supposed to be on on this new thing too, and so that might push them forward. Our email address is marketfillery at fool dot com. I actually got a question from Greg um, yesterday. We and we've done a couple of these recently, um, live Q and As on YouTube. Uh, this was a question we got yesterday that we didn't have time to get to. So, uh, question from Greg who asks. A great question, and really a timeless question. Uh, he asks, how many stocks should I own? I hear and read about only having about 25 stocks to watch or hold at a time. I have more than 45. What are your thoughts? Greg, you're a piker. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> I, <laughs> Why you got to take a shot at I, Greg like that? <laughs> no, no insult meant or anything like that. Um, it really depends on the person. I have... Three different accounts that that I control. I have twelve stocks in one, twenty in another, and sixty or seventy in the third one. Um, the the answer to the let me just add, you do this for a living, so I would expect you to have more. Yeah, but <laughs> my point is, I don't follow all sixty or seventy of those stocks. Ah, okay. Okay. The if you want a lot of stocks, and people have done very, very well in investing in a lot of stocks. Uh, Peter Lynch, for instance, the rumor was, or the saying was, he never met a stock he didn't like, and and he had a big team following them for him. But uh, on a personal level, if you enjoy the business, the the uh, the game of investing. If you enjoy reading about companies and following them and listening to conference calls and thinking about them and where they can go, sure, put in as many stocks as you can comfortably follow, and even a bunch of stocks that you uh, invest in based on somebody you trust. I mean, the one account that has sixty or seventy, those are David Gardner picks on Stock Advisor that I just buy monthly uh, for that account, um, and I trust David's picking ability. And whether they go up or down, that, that's what happens. The more concentrated portfolios I have, my tax pool is the one that has just a dozen. Those are the ones I keep a pretty close eye on, uh, Netflix and uh, a couple of others. So, the the whole idea about having a bunch of stocks is to get diversification, but uh, you need diversification not just in, in the number of stocks. I mean, if you have 25 and 15 of them are in the tech sector, you're not diversified. So you need to diversify across industries, and most people don't have a lot of expertise in multiple industries. And so to get the diversification effect, I think the uh, one of the best ways is to have half or two thirds of your portfolio in a broad market index like uh, the Vanguard Index Fund. Um, low, really low fees. You, d- you don't want to pay too much for this, um, but you get all the diversica- diversification from that, and then uh, start investing in, in some individual stocks that really pique your interest and you know you'll follow. And um, you should do okay that way. Well, and also, I mean, you talk about the different ways to diversify, and and one way to do that is, uh, and you touched on this, is um, how much leash you give a stock, how often you check in on it. You, right. The more stocks you own, I think, the more you find that you're going to have some group of those stocks that you're just 
you're not really checking because you feel secure in how they're doing, maybe once a quarter, that sort of thing. Yep. You've got others that are on a shorter leash that you think, uh, maybe, maybe this is... Maybe this is one I need to cut back on. Maybe this is one that I need to get out of. But uh, invariably, you're going to have a diversity of uh, attention that you pay to them. There's that diversification as well. Um, certainly, don't check it every day. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, yeah, not even every week. Maybe once a month, and just say, "Hey, what's the latest news? Um, did the CEO run off with with uh, a mistress and some uh, of some sort and uh, abscond with all the money? Did he die and not?" Pass on the cryptocurrency password. Yeah, how uh, crazy is that story? Oh wow! <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so so keep a, a general eye on it. But once a month is fine, and unless you really enjoy the game. Uh, programming note: the market is closed on Monday, the 18th, for President's Day. So we will be back on Tuesday, the 19th, uh, just in time for Valentine's Day. However, Reuters has a story about a survey of 500 Americans and their affinity for net. Netflix, uh, a number of questions in the survey. Uh, um, one of the more noteworthy ones was that uh, when asked to choose, if they had to choose between giving up sex or giving up Netflix, 30% of respondents said they would give up sex. <laughs> Boy, I, I knew the draw for Netflix was strong. I didn't realize it was that strong. Well, there's also the do uh, combine Netflix and chill, right? Exactly. <laughs> so the survey was done by HSI, uh, and I misled you uh, when I mentioned this this morning. Uh, the, the reporting we're both looking at it was done by Forbes. Oh, okay, not yeah. Reuters. Not My Reuters, bad. Yeah. Um, and so 500 respond uh, Americans, and this is Americans, not not worldwide. So 500 Americans, um, ranging in age from about 11 to 50. I'm sorry, 18 to 54. So we're both in the uh, the top end of that, and really some of the other stuff they said, like uh, if you're dating, does their Netflix tastes matter? And a bunch of people said yeah, and a third of the respondents said they'd gotten into an argument over uh, what to watch on Netflix. Uh, some people. Um, Use it as a criteria uh, for figuring out whether to go out with a person or not. Um, some have ten uh, percent of the respondents said they had uh, considered their potential dates, Netflix tastes, or uh, no, I'm sorry, I just said that um, to get access to their Netflix account. Yeah, ten percent. Yeah, <laughs> admitted to dating someone just to have access to their Netflix subscription. And when you break down the survey by age, millennials say that they do that. Uh, more, more than yeah. any other group. Um, that's the one where I just sort of looked at it and thought, okay, look, it's one <laughs> thing to want to date someone where you're compatible and you're interested in the same types right. of shows. That makes perfect sense to me. But What's going on in your personal finances that you're like, you God, I got to start dating this person because they have Netflix and, and I just, I and just, I, need, I can't afford the eight dollars and ten dollars a month. Right? I need. To, it's like, come on, do better in your personal finance. Like, start listening to Motley Fool answers. Get your personal finances yes. in order and don't be part of that group. And then there's uh, the Netflix cheating. And that's uh, people have actually broken up over that, uh, and that's where you're both watching a series, a television series, or a movie series, or something, and one of them watches ahead in the absence of the other, and the other one get feels betrayed. So <laughs> betrayal comes in many forms. It does. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hell. Thanks for listening. We will see you on Tuesday.